0: You are Locked On Packers. He did what? Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Cousins is taken down the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Aaron Jones Your has
0: it every day. With a dagger a run.
1: You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Network your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. In the show, for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Victory Monday is back. That's right, the Green Bay Packers took down the Houston Texans 35-20 to 20 in a game that was not just about the offensive bounce-back performance by the Green Bay Packers, although, of course, that's a big deal. They outperformed their Tampa Bay output in the first half, and the Houston Texans do not have a particularly good defense. In fact, it's bad, but Green Bay did Pretty much whatever it wanted. Offensively, 35 points. Aaron Rodgers, four touchdown passes, 283 yards, a 132.4 passer rating. Jamal Williams in the absence of Aaron Jones, 19 carries for 77 yards. And the game clinching touchdown, that really extended the lead to where it was out of reach. Devontae Adams, a career high, 196 yards, two touchdowns. They could not cover him. And although we're not going to talk about it today, at some point we will talk about this silly notion that it is bad somehow to focus on getting the ball to Devontae Adams and that it bogs down the offense. Not the case. It turns out 16 targets for your best player is actually a really good idea. Uh, he catches 13 of them and and really was the difference in this game. Uh, the Packers quarterback. Did not play markedly better than the Houston quarterback. Deshaun Watson was outstanding in this game. 300 yards, two touchdowns, a 114 pass rating. But his number one receiver wasn't. Will Fuller, three catches, 35 yards, a late touchdown that affected the aesthetics only. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams was awesome. And the big difference, Jair Alexander. So we're going to talk about the offense. and, And it's worth talking about. The difference in this game and the reason that this game matters is the way the defense played because the Texans at one and five, now one and six, did not present some sort of major threat to the Packers overall in the grand scheme of the NFL. This was not going to be a playoff rematch. This was not a high performing team over the course of the season, but this offense was really good, is really good. They have Deshaun Watson, they have the deepest receiver core. In football, in my opinion, with Cobb, Cooks, Fuller, Stills, they can throw it to both running backs out of the backfield. There's plenty of offensive weaponry here to go with an all-world quarterback. The difference in this game was not going to be Green Bay's offense playing better. We knew Green Bay's offense was going to play better. Because it's not like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put together some blueprint that now every team can use to stop the Packers. It doesn't work that way. I know that cynical fans want to talk like that, but it's really not the case. Because Tampa Bay is uniquely suited in terms of the way that they blitz, the way that their linebackers move, the way that they stop the run, to make the Packers play left-handed. Houston couldn't do that. We knew the Packers were going to score 30. No Alan Lazard, no Aaron Jones, Robert Tanya not 100%, no David Bakhtiari. That was not the question. The question was could they stop the Houston Texans' offense? Because last week, the Tennessee Titans, who, you know, if you look at a lot of the metrics, you know, the DVOA, they say Tennessee's got a better defense than Green Bay. Now, I was always a little dubious of that notion, but Houston. Lit that defense up over the course of the game. Off to a slow start. A similar uh, 14-0 lead that that Tennessee got out to in that game. The Packers actually got out to a 21-0 lead. And they had their second touchdown before Houston had their second first down. Well, that's a credit not just to the Packers offense, but the Packers defense. This Texans team did not go into the Packers' red zone in the first half. They scored seven points through three quarters. And it took a 13-point fourth quarter to make this a two-score game. And it was still a 15-point Packers win. In fact, Houston, after the Packers went up 14-0, not only did they never get closer than two scores, once the Packers went up 21-0, I mean, this was a three-score game basically until the end. So uh, this is a, a defensive performance that Green Bay can build on for a number of reasons. I think, first and foremost, the pass rush was there. And you look at the box score and you see that the sack numbers weren't crazy and this is a team that allows a lot of sacks and Green Bay, they had three sacks, that's not a big deal. No, it, it's, it's not in this way. The sacks are what can, can set back a an offense, but pressure matters too. And a number of times Zadarius Smith was hitting Deshaun Watson without getting a sack. Preston Smith was creating pressure. Kenny Clark, they they were stout at the point of attack. They held uh the 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 Texans to 3.6 yards per rush. And if you look at just running backs, David Johnson, 14 carries for 42 yards. Duke Johnson, one carry minus one yard. And on the most important running play of the game, the fourth and one in the fourth quarter, where the, where the Texans really had a chance to, to kind of get back in it, Preston Smith, on a play where they're trying to option him, he makes the decisive tackle on Deshaun Watson. This team not only won the battle up front, but then behind, no big plays. And no mistakes underneath. There was no Alvin Kamara run. There was no, oh, it's a five-yard play and it turns into a 15-yard play because the tackle wasn't made. And this is in a game without Kevin King, without Darnell Savage, without Tyler Lancaster. That's three real starters and and two players who are certainly above average overall. Tyler Lancaster has been an above average run defending defensive tackle this year by run block win rate by that ESPN has put together. This this team tackled really well. They didn't make mistakes. There was nothing over the top, nothing over their heads. And when the pass rush actually can can start doing things and they can penetrate and they can they can stop the run game, which they did effectively. This defense has a chance to be good and not just passable, but good. And, and you, you hold a quality offense, 20 points at home in a game that, you know, I, I guess you can say doesn't mean anything, but, but this is an offense that, you know, they have to feel like, Hey, if we can just win a game or two here, two and five in the AFC with seven playoff spots, maybe you feel like, Hey, they can still sneak in. You can, you can get to nine and seven here. And and get on a run. This is a team with plenty of talent to make a run like that. And they nearly did it last week. And, and we saw in the second half. They played with plenty of spirit against that Titans team. They were going out and trying to win that game. Green Bay was able to take their, their fight away a little bit. And yeah, there was the, the wonky uh, onside kick recovery. And the late touchdown But don't let 13 fourth quarter points take away from the fact that through three quarters, Deshaun Watson, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks, and Kenny Stills had seven points at home. Seven points. And the Packers had a 28-7 lead going into the fourth quarter. They dominated this game and... Didn't even play great. Aaron Rodgers was a touch off. You know, the offensive line in some key situations didn't play great. They had some drops. The, the Packers dropped at least one interception. Raven Green dropped one. Like I said, they had the onside kick mishap. And they still won this game going away. Still won this game going away against a, a dangerous football team. So I don't want to hear, oh, this is a 1-5, in 1-6 in six team now. That's true. But the way that defense played against a very good offense is a potential harbinger of things to come for a team that is going to have to play championship caliber defense if it wants to compete in the NFC this season. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi is. Made for football watching.
0: Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better.
1: So let's talk about this offense because Aaron Rodgers throws four touchdowns, as I said, 23 of 34 for 283. That's 8.3 yards per clip in a game where, you know, he, the accuracy wasn't quite there for him. And he he had some misses on some on some throws that you'd like to have him. You know, it's, it's on one shoulder and he puts it on the other one. Devontae Adams bailed him out a couple times on throws that were a little off the mark, though, that back shoulder fade to, to close out the game. Was vintage, and you know the the touchdown to Jay Sternberger with a guy bearing down in his face. It's a little jump pass, and you've got a touchdown. And and this is something that I think we have to touch on because coming out of last week, we were sitting here going, this offense got a little predictable, and they really struggled without being able to create the kind of confusion. Uh, pre-snap with Tyler Irvin well no Tyler Irvin in this game and they didn't use a ton of pre-snap motion they didn't have Aaron Jones they were still able to run it efficiently with Jamal Williams and they were able to use those guys in the passing game Jamal Williams had four catches for 37 yards ultimately 23 carries for 114 yards and a touchdown that will play when you have great productivity out of your playmakers you can win and be effective. And what Matt LaFleur has done in these high leverage moments is he's been able to go to whether it's a a, a leak play to the tight end, whether it is a play-action play like he had with Malik Taylor. These are not primetime frontline performers. I mean, we wondered why Jake Kumaro didn't make this team and Malik Taylor did Twice this season, in a big spot, Matt LaFleur has called a play designed to go to Malik Taylor. There was the fourth down call against the Falcons and then this goal-to-go situation this week, and Malik Taylor is the target. He had two targets, two catches, six yards and a touchdown. Jay Sternberger, one catch, his first regular season touchdown in his career. They had a play for that moment. In, in a game where they needed answers beyond just play better, which they did, by the way. The offensive line played much better. Aaron Rodgers played better. The receivers played better, particularly Devontae Adams. Matt LaFleur had schematic answers. They, they were able to not just get to those crossing routes, the crossing routes that, by the way, worked early against the Buccaneers. And what Tampa, what Tampa did is say, okay, those crossing routes are killing us. So we're not going to let you have time Because you need time to sit in the pocket to let those crossing routes develop. You can't throw a three-step crosser. It doesn't work that way. You have to be able to to protect well enough. Well, Green Bay was able to protect well enough. Tampa said, well, we're just going to blitz the daylights out of you and believe that your guys can't get open and that Rodgers can't make enough happen in the pocket to make us pay for blitzing you. Well, the Texans didn't do that because they don't trust what's going on behind them. Their secondary is just not good enough. This is one reason why there is no blueprint, because the Bucs are uniquely positioned to be able to, to use their linebackers that way, because they have two. You send Devin White, and, and Levante David can still do everything you need him to do in, in the box, and vice versa. The speed that they have is special for them. Now, that this game, as I wrote for Acme Packing Company, is not proof that the, the, the Tampa Bay game was a fluke. It's not proof that they can hang with the Buccaneers, but it is proof that this team has more answers than they showed last week, and they found ways to get Devontae Adams involved. They have really good situational play calling. The the touchdown to Adams, where you stack two receivers to his side and put him in the slot and run a little two-man route, I don't know how you cover it. I just don't know how you cover it. And Green Bay has been really good in those situations precisely because he's so tough there. Whether it's 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 play design or his route running ability, it's just nearly impossible. And on Twitter I said Pert near, per near impossible to cover in those situations. So if the Packers can run the ball, And they're finding ways to get to Devontae Adams. Now, Houston didn't, despite Jonathan Vilma's protestations from the booth. Houston did not really give a lot of help to his side, to Devontae Adams' side. And other teams are going to try that. When Alan Lazard gets back, which could be sooner than later, uh, then that creates all new matchup advantages for Green Bay. But even in this game, they were able to get Devontae Adams free on... Some pretty standard concepts because they were able to block it up when Green Bay is able to not just run the ball effectively, but when they're able to block and and give Rodgers time. There are a lot of these base concepts and especially the shot play concepts. They need time to develop. They need time for, you know, Devonte Adams or Marquez Valdez, Scantling or whoever it is to get open down the field. And Tampa just said, we're not giving you time. We don't care about play action. We're going to send linebackers, and and their guys won enough on the edge that it, it created major issues for the for the Packers in ways that even though their good hasn't happened in other games for Tampa Bay, you know I, I think you can look at that as a little bit aberrational. Green Bay was able to find ways on shorter throws to get Devonte Adams the ball. You know they had a, a second and ten little tunnel screen to him. A third and 10 tunnel screen to him that, that turned into a first down. Get the ball in the hands of your playmakers. And unfortunately, you know, we didn't we didn't get a chance to see much from Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He had a drop on a third down on a play he has to make. And, you know, it, they, they did have a nice little end around to him where he got a first down. What Green Bay has been able to do is just manufacture offense outside of Devontae Adams. With Alan Lazard not in the mix. And that's good enough. That's good enough. And against most teams, it will be good enough because Devontae Adams is special. Aaron Rodgers is special. And you have a a play caller and a play designer who looks like if he's not special now, he's on his way to being special. So that combination most weeks is going to be enough. And when you look at it, okay, you got the Vikings this week you've got a, a scuffling 49ers team that's still trying to figure out where they can where they can succeed. The, the schedule is breaking in favorable ways for Green Bay for them to say, "Okay, that that one loss we don't have to worry about it because most of these other games are are not going to look like that, precisely because those teams don't have the horses that the Bucks do and I know I'm I'm sounding a lot like the 49ers from, from last year. But when you have a setback like that, it forces you to take stock of some things. And, and, you know, the Packers talked about the week of practice and how the ass kicking was a good thing for them. And, and Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers and according to the broadcast team, anyone they talked to said practice was much better this week. Okay, that's something that you can carry over and say, hey, remember that time that we had the bad week of practice and we got our asses kicked? Yeah, let's not do that again. And in these big moments, in these big games, they're going to play the Titans. They're going to play the Bears twice. They're going to play the 49ers. They need to carry over those practice habits. They need to be in a position to say, this can't be one of those weeks for us. And in the playoffs, the same thing. This can't be one of those weeks. So, you know, Aaron Rodgers looked less than than stellar last week, looked really bad. I wouldn't say that this was an FU performance by any means, but his his coach and his star receiver made things easier on him. Green Bay has more answers than they showed a week ago, and their ability to get to those answers and say, look, if you want to attack us this way, we've got X, Y, and Z to, to counter back. And to do it down this many starters, I mean, really six starters in this game, we're out for Green Bay. They hung 35 on Houston, and they played They played pretty good football overall. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever, and they just came out with six new incredible flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, and that's to go along with mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, peanut butter brownie, all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And best of all, they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Everything you want to eat in terms of taste and none of the guilt that a candy bar might give you. I know it's Halloween time. You may not have trick-or-treaters, but you still want that that candy bar. All right, why not do it in a way that is not going to be guilt-inducing and, and certainly not... Calorie packing for your body. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on to get 20% off at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Frederick and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Frederick and Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients, more innovation that leads to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine? First, it's rare. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find groundbreaking cures and the education of our next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. I want to go back to the defense as we finish up here what we saw on Sunday was not really that different from the, the kind of approach that Mike Patton took in previous seasons there was a couple more situational blitzes than in previous weeks although they did you know blitz a, a decent amount against Tampa Bay Tom Brady just got the ball out this team played better and that's something we talked about for a couple weeks now that the the talent defensively is there They just have to play better. And Preston Smith comes out, and especially in the run game, he set physical edge after physical edge. He's matched up against Laramie Tunsil and goes out and and creates some pressure, creates some havoc. Rashawn Gary, coming back from the ankle, comes out. He has a sack that doesn't count because of a penalty offsides and, and a pressure on that same drive. Kenny Clark starting to round into form. He pushed the pocket. He was a factor in the run game. And of course, Sidarius Smith is going to be all over the field. Jair Alexander absolutely locked down Will Fuller. I mean, nothing down the field. Fuller did have that touchdown, but that was on a bunch call Uh, late in the game. Jair was not in man coverage. And that was a play after Jair stole a touchdown from Will Fuller. He had the catch secured and Jair Alexander knocked it out with a Charles Woodson-esque punch of the ball. Adrian Amos had the game-sealing recovery, also had a big sack on a seven-man pressure late in the game when the Texans are trying to come back to force a field goal, and it was just an all-around quality performance from the defensive players they needed to see play. Kamal Martin in there at the end of the game, I think he's going to take that job. He is going to take Ty Summers' job, and he he may take Christian Kirksey's job. I mean, I heard from one player this last week that that Kamal Martin was the best linebacker in training camp, full stop. Full stop, including Christian Kirksey. And it, it, getting him on the field and, and letting him loose a little bit, Chris Barnes got hurt in this game, but he was playing well early on. Vernon Scott was in on some on some plays. They were in a position, you know, they are having to, to cover four receivers in the second half when Houston just said, screw it. And Raven Green is having to be out there and cover. Well, if, if Kevin King is healthy... Now maybe you can play four DBs because you feel comfortable. You know you can you can throw King Jackson Jair and Chan and Sullivan all on the field at once because Sullivan can play a little safety too. It can be can be used all over the field. You don't want Raven Green covering Brandon Cooks in the slot. Well, most teams can't do that, right? There are there are most teams, and and you look at the in the NFC, Seattle's not gonna they're not gonna come out there in four receiver sets. Even the Saints are not going to come out in four receiver sets. So it's not something that is is going to be consistently a problem. When the the Texans were able to move the ball, it was in the second half with with the Packers already playing with a lead. And it's a little bit of a familiar drumbeat for this team. When the game is there to be won, the the Packers' defense was able to win it. And it didn't take turnovers. They weren't relying on sacks. They weren't relying on penalties. They just played well. And I I thought it was interesting, Jonathan Velma on the call – was really complimentary of Mike Patton's approach and this defense as a whole. Don't give up big plays. Make teams drive 12, 12, 10, 12, 15 plays, and if they do, tip your hat. And when the Packers offense is playing like this, that's really good complimentary football because they just bet you're going to make one mistake, and, and one mistake is enough. And you know, you whether it's a holding penalty or a second and ten run, or you know a, a drop, you're going to make enough mistakes over the course of a game. Green Bay's not going to turn the ball over, and they're going to score points. It's kind of the perfect defensive approach. And what Mike Patton was able to do in this game was was modulate the aggressiveness. They they ramped up some of the blitz calls. They came out early with the blitzes. And then your your front four, when you are just rushing four, and, and for a lot of the second half, Green Bay did just rush four, they were able to create pressure and create some disruption. And against a quarterback that can't move like Deshaun Watson, they're going to have opportunities to get these stops. Because Watson in the second half, you sort of by himself, was whether it was extending to make plays or using his feet to, to pick up yardage. Well, most quarterbacks can't. Kirk Cousins is not doing that. Tom Brady is not doing that. Jimmy Garoppolo is not doing that. Now, Russell Wilson can, but most quarterbacks can't. So if you're forcing teams to be efficient, you're betting that over the course of a game, they can't be. And when your offense is, and not just efficient but not turning it over, then that creates the perfect situation for that defense to work as we saw on Sunday. All right, back tomorrow. Expert Tuesday. We've got Zau, you doing on Wednesday. Crossover Thursday for the Vikings in a white flag game, but it's still a, a situation where you got to play hard because the Vikings are going to be up for it, even in a season where they know that they suck. Uh, they're going to be up for the Packers, and they they want to play spoiler here. So you have to you have to you know guard against a, a letdown look ahead situation. To borrow parlance from the solid verbal, uh, you, you don't want to let down with the anticipation building toward that 49ers Thursday night game. So a lot to talk about coming up this week. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.